Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. Welcome to the Tourpreneur Podcast. Travel industry veteran Shane Whaley will take you on a journey with fellow tourpreneurs, sharing their tips, ideas, insights, and success stories to inspire you to make your tour business the best it can be. And now, here is your host, Shane Whaley. Hello and welcome to episode 62 of the Tourpreneur Podcast. Today, we're talking to a European tour operator in the great country of Switzerland. Chris Wilson has a a very inspiring story and starts with sadness, really, because he was a bigwig, a head honcho at something called UEFA. And for those of you not based in Europe, UEFA is the football slash soccer authority in, in Europe. And they're the people who are responsible for the Champions League, which is kind of like the Super Bowl for Europe, right? And Chris was an administrator dealing with sponsorships and media, etc. And unfortunately, he got laid off uh, in his early to mid-40s, struggled to get back into work. And he realized he had this passion for the Swiss countryside. And he had a lot of knowledge around the attractions and sight to see and, and people and towns and very passionate about Switzerland. And he decided to buy himself a van and go out there and be a tourpreneur. Sound familiar? Well, this is the story of Chris Wilson at Typically Swiss Tours. <laughs> Welcome to Tourpreneur, our first ever guest based in the beautiful country of Switzerland. Welcome to Tourpreneur, Chris Wilson. Shane, good afternoon or good morning, wherever you are in the world. Yeah, I'm pleased to be here and I'm ready to go. And uh, again, it's a pleasure to be speaking to you, Shane. Absolutely. I, I'm dying to chat to you because not only are you a tourpreneur, you have a background in football to our American listeners. Of course, I mean soccer. So, uh, you know, you worked for UEFA, the big footballing authority in in Europe, and that plays into the story here. So I'm going to try not to talk about football so much, but why that has a resonance. So maybe you could share with our listeners, how did typically Swiss tours come about? Yeah, it came about around about two and a half years ago, Shane, and it was basically driven by the fact that I couldn't get back into what you've just been talking about, which is my first passion, which is working in the world of football or soccer. And that was basically organizing the commercial side of football matches on the broadcast, on the media, on the commercial sponsorship, branding, hospitality, ticketing side, all the stuff that goes on that's not actually on the pitch. yeah. So all the background stuff, that's what I used to do. And I loved it. And I did that for 15 years. I worked all over Europe. I worked at United. I worked at Liverpool. I worked at Barcelona. I worked at Madrid, et cetera, et cetera. Sadly, I was made redundant. And I simply just could not get back into that field despite lots of experience. And I was out of work and doing fairly boring, menial jobs for a few years. And I had the idea of coming up with the idea of 
you know, starting my own tour company out of necessity, really, because again, a foreigner in Switzerland who's, you know, I'm I'm 47 now, so I was about 40, 42, 43 then, just couldn't really, you know, just find a step in the market or a, a job, let's, let's be honest. So um, it was a kind of like, well, what can I do? And I like organizing, I like, you know, communicating with people. And I'd done some driving work in this interim period, just to, like as a, let's say, a posh taxi driver. And I had the idea that I, I could do this, yeah. But obviously, you know, add on some tour guiding elements. So I uh, came up with the idea to start a company with my wife. And um, typically, Swiss, I thought, was a good, a good name for the company. I bought a vehicle. I made a website and we started trading around about two, two and a half years ago. And the rest is history to some extent. I love what I do. I'm very passionate about providing people with great experience in this beautiful country that makes it easy for me. Shane, it's a beautiful, stunning, breathtaking, wonderful country with loads of lakes and mountains. You'd love it. So that's that's what I did, really. I sympathize and I empathize with you. I had a period of that in my 40s where... I was applying for jobs and I was getting the answer back. Hey, you've got a great resume, but you're too experienced, which basically means I was too old. <laughs> yeah, too old and too expensive. You know, they could probably get somebody, you know, 25, 30 for, you know, 25, 30% cheaper. Again, I did have a big salary, at, you know, at UEFA. I wasn't bothered about that, but I was just keen to get back into the workplace and do some work. And, you know, the salary was secondary, but again, I wasn't given the opportunity. So it's kind of like necessity that, on the back of a, an Airbnb we formed in 2016, which again runs very well, and again, similar kind of customer contact, organizing, making sure that they're all right, the tour company was, a, was the only logical step to some extent because, as I say, I just could not find a job in Switzerland. So I'm very pleased that we took that step and you know it's going well and the feedback's great. But as I say, the Swiss landscape does help in terms of people want to come here. It's a beautiful country. And all I do to some extent is just provide them with transportation, make sure they're comfortable, get to know them. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've seen your reviews. You do more than that. You're being very humble here. You've got some fantastic reviews as a tour guide. That, I can tell you, does not come easy to a lot of people, Chris. So I think you're underselling yourself a wee bit. I probably am. I probably am. But by the same token, I'm not, you know, a big head and uh, I'm the best in the world, et cetera, et cetera. I, I try my best. You know, people are paying a lot of money, Shane. I'm not cheap, you know. Uh, you know, living in Switzerland's not not a cheap place. So I, I do charge, I would say, a reasonable price. But I make sure that people get value and I try and personalize tours. I, I'm always there on time. I think I'm, you know, pretty well dressed and I communicate well and try and get to know the people, try and personalize the tour to the say, and just make sure that when the people get out of the car, like at six, seven o'clock back to their hotel, that they get out of the car knowing full well that they've just had a lovely day out and they've, you know, to some extent they've got to know me and I've shown them some really cool sights. So, yeah, I do put as much effort in as I can do just to make sure that the guests get value and have a, just simply a great time. That's it. You're hitting the, the nail on the head here. I'm just back from a week in the Caribbean, had a lovely cruise, went on some tours and experiences. I went, I think, on four or five. And yeah, I went on five. Four was superb. Now, I want to take your point here about you saying that Switzerland, and it is a beautiful country. I, I visited. I, I love it. It's a great country. And yes, the countryside is is incredible. But I went on a whale watching tour in Dominican Republic. And it's very um, hard to beat seeing whales playing in nature, right? Free roaming, yet still, as good as that was, 
the tour guide was excellent. And he was excellent because, first of all, he was friendly, he was open, he knew his stuff. You know, whenever anybody had a question, he knew it, he answered it. And that's, that's the important thing. So you could say, well, you're going to see whales playing around. You don't really need to bother so much with the tour guide. But I disagree because it was the tour guide who, who made that a fantastic experience. And on all the tours I went on, well, four out of the five, I beg your pardon, the tour guide made it superb. One of the tours, which was actually in the U.S. Virgin Islands, which is a lovely place, I mean, just just incredible. The tour guide was atrocious. We kind of looked at each other. He'd be saying stuff like, oh, on your left, there's a school. And? Like, did someone famous go there? Or what it was some historical event? Or is it some architect? But no, it was, it was useless. And, you know, even though it's a beautiful part of the world, if you have a poor tour guide, that really can impact the experience. So I love hearing what you're saying about putting so much effort and value into generating memorable experiences for people. Shane, again, I couldn't agree more. Again, you've got to remember that I could be with somebody for nine hours or four or five days, etc. So it's important that I establish a relationship very quickly. What I always try and do, Shane, is try and get the contact details. If it comes from a third party, I'll try and get those contact details. If it's direct booking with me, obviously I can build that relationship. But again, in a simple sentence, Shane, what I try and do is get to know the person before they simply set foot in the van. So I know their name, I know what they do, I know what their family background is, etc. And I obviously ask this question, is there anything you want specific from this tour? Very important question for me. And again, this gets me excited in terms of, give you the example, I was with Tony and his partner and their mothers um, at the weekend in Bern, the capital city of Switzerland. And I found out that Tony runs a restaurant in Palm Springs in California, and he's a foodie. And on the email correspondence, I, I got this impression that he likes his food. So I got the itinerary from the agency, and it was pretty uneventful, a kind of chocolate factory and a cheese factory. And I, I suggested that we do something different, which is basically we take him into the premier restaurant in Bern, the Cornhouse Keller, and we meet the chef there. And so what I did, I started a relationship about three weeks ago with the Cornhouse Keller. I met a lady and I spoke to a lady called Anya. I sent her some chocolate. I developed a relationship. I've got some very important people coming over from Palm Springs. This guy's a foodie. He's a chef. He owns a restaurant. There's a website. Do you think it's possible, Anya, we could spend maybe 10, 20, 30 minutes with the chef in the restaurant? And to cut a long story short, short Shane, they had a lovely meal in the, in the restaurant, you know, a really high-class restaurant, which we appreciated. Anya herself met the customer. She talked about the history of this restaurant, which goes back about 300 years. And on top of that, of course, the cherry on the cake was they met Jose, the Cuban head chef, and spent time in the kitchen of the Burn Cornhouse Keller and learned about how a Swiss kitchen and a Swiss restaurant differs from an American restaurant. Customer Tony, in this case, loved it. And this is what gives me a lot of pleasure. And I think it's all about going above and beyond the normal delivery. And he was very appreciative, just simply enjoyed the whole experience. This is one of several experiences which I try and build in. I've got another one in about two weeks time where a lady, a Jewish lady is going into a Jewish church, a synagogue in Lucerne. And then about a couple of months time in April, I've got a lady from uh, Charleston. Her husband is a pilot. I've organized that they go into the Pilatus Flugzeug, which is where they make Pilatus planes, private jets. 
She, her husband doesn't know about it. It's a surprise. And this is a total one-off where those two individuals will go into the factory and have a two-hour guided tour around that factory, which is not on any tour itineraries or any websites or any brochures. And this is what I like to do. It's like above and beyond, not the norm. And I would say that's my kind of USP to try and make the tours extra special. I absolutely love it because I do feel that with tours today, yeah, people want to go to the Eiffel Tower and experience that kind of thing or the Statue of Liberty. But more and more, we're looking for that experience that makes us feel like an insider or we're getting some kind of, I was just looking at a tour here in, in the States, you know, that is a, on Broadway. And it's not just you go to the theater, as you go into the, uh, the the dressing rooms of the actors, you go into the props room, you, you go and you can actually touch the props. And it's like that whole getting that insider experience. And I know for you, you're, you're in a different situation from you know, many of our listeners who have, you know, hundreds of people coming through their tours every day, you are in a position where yours are a little bit more on the exclusive end, so you can put that effort in. But I, I, I love what you're doing. I guess my question for you, and I know our listeners will want me to ask you this, is so for instance, with the the jet company, how are you going about opening that relationship? Because, you know, it's a one-off, they're not getting anything out of that, right? What do you do when you call them up? What do you say? Right. Well, again, I've got a foot in the door there. My ex-wife used to work there and I've got a gentleman there who I knew through my ex-wife who put me in touch with a company's distribution arm in America. It did take at least four weeks to get this organized. There is a potential purchase. I'm not saying this gentleman, Mr. Lefebvre, will buy a plane. I mean, I've gone down that road and said there's a potential element that he may wish to buy a plane. He does fly planes in the states um, but i think it's great pr for them and you never know obviously a, a plane could be i don't know I, I suspect you know hundreds of thousands of francs of course so i'm sure they'll look after him yeah what about the restaurant then because i'm just trying to draw some lessons from you so if i have a tour operator around the world that wants to do something similar to you and they don't have a connection you know you're obviously particularly with your background at uefa in, in the football you're very good at building relationships and and rapport what kind of tips would you give to people when they want to call someone to organize something a little special on their tour well i would say research your customer first of all ask those open questions which is you know what what really floats your boat what kind of food do you want to eat are you a vegan or anything like that and that could be something as simple as you know they want a vegan restaurant of course which might not be easy but if they give you some indications about you know what their interests are or they may even come to you about you know what they would like to do let's say the restaurant in Bern, let's say you didn't know them and you thought, oh, this is good. This would be really good for this guest. When you call them, how would you present an opportunity to someone that you, you don't know or you don't have a connection with? Well, first of all, I'm bringing trade to the restaurant. So again, it was only four people in this case. I would say I was very charming to this lady called Anya. Um, we had a laugh and a joke on the phone. I did send her a the trademark typically Swiss tours bar of chocolate, which I do send to people a lot. Yeah, very simple. And she said to me afterwards, uh, they were lovely guests. I hope we can do it again in the future. Obviously, when I brought the people in, I stopped at a, a little flower market in Bern on the way to the restaurant. Quite simply, I bought this lady called Anya, the, the restaurant manager, a rose, a pink rose, four Swiss francs. She was chuffed to bits with that. I think she was looking forward to the experience. Everyone was briefed. And again, clearly, I've got a reasonable reputation, as you know, and as you said yourself, the reviews are coming in. The, the, the order book is quite good. 
I will go to Bern again several times, I'm sure. I'll combine it with a cheese factory probably. And again, if I get the impression that, you know, the customers, let's say, would appreciate going in this fancy restaurant, we're talking, you know, some serious cash here, Shane. It wasn't wasn't cheap. But if again, if people have got that kind of mentality and that kind of style, then I would only look for one restaurant, and that would be the Cornhouse Keller, and I'm sure Anya would welcome the people. I wouldn't say I'd do the chef every time, far from it. It was only because he was a foodie, of course, but uh, again, it's all about network. It's all about building relationships. It's all all about being the happy tour guide who can bring people and, you know, always have a smile on his face and his guests always have a smile on his face, on their faces, of course. So that's all I do. I'll give you one more example. There's a lady from Florida. And this is another kind of like angle to this, Shane. She was from Florida, from Orlando, called Sharon. And again, in the correspondence, we again, we've just, you know, had some banter, some 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 very comical banter, you know, and we got I got to know her and I found out she was a Starbucks uh, lover in Lucerne or near Lucerne. There's a, a plant that's not Starbucks, but it's a company called Thermoplan that make the Starbucks machine. And the same thing again applied. I rang them up. I was very persistent. And on about the second or third time, I managed to get them into this plant, which made the Starbucks coffee uh, machines all over the world. Sharon, who's from Orlando, had a tear in her eye. We had a cup of coffee in there. We had a guided tour for about an hour. I'm still in touch with Sharon. I'm going to Florida in April. I'm going to stay at Sharon's house. I'm not saying I did it because of that. But what I'm saying is I build relationships with my clients and I keep in touch. And I've you know, got upwards of, say, 10, 15 clients who I'm on Facebook and I'm reasonably regular contact with. Sharon's one of them. I mean, Biden's another one about a tour to Ireland. I think it's, there's a nice um, comeback there in terms of these relationships actually go on because over that nine-hour period or four-day period, you can really get to know people, and that's what I try and do. I agree, and I know a lot of our listeners are the same, where they make good friends with their guests as well. Want to connect with other tourpreneurs? Then join our Facebook group at tourpreneur.com forward slash Facebook. So I, I want to take you back to the early days, especially being in Switzerland. So maybe I'm wrong here, right? But I imagine Switzerland being quite heavy on the old red tape and bureaucracy. What were some of the barriers you had before you could get up and running? Well, not really, because again, I'm like what's called a, a, like a, a single or a sole trader. There wasn't many barriers at all. For me, the barrier was just finding the customers. Again, it's a simple sentence, Shane, but the difficult part for me originally, and still is to some extent now, I mean, obviously, November through to March, it's quiet. I've got some business, but it's quiet. I prefer to be busier, of course. But in terms of the actual starting the business, I, I registered the business. I bought a van. And then the biggest barrier was actually finding the customers because I knew that once the customers were in the van, I would look after them and the Swiss countryside and a nice restaurant would also look after them and provide them with pleasure. So in terms of actual setting up a business, which at the end of the day is me and my van and a website, which again took time, there wasn't there wasn't many barriers to starting the business, far from it. So no licensing or you didn't need to be an approved tour guide or anything like that? No, no, I could start trading. I've joined the um, Association of Swiss Guides in Switzerland. No, there wasn't anything like that. So you bought the van and obviously this is uh, not like a builder's van, right? This is a luxury van you've got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Mercedes V Classic. It cost about 40,000 Swiss francs. It's second hand. It was about a year old. 
it's not the top top of the range, it's not got leather seats, but it's got a sat nav in and the guests are happy. I've always got water in the vehicle. They always get a little chocolate when they first get in the vehicle and I, I offer a, a fact sheet on Switzerland and there's umbrellas in the car, etc. And again, for example, with this tour with Tony at the weekend, his mother was 85. I would purposefully and, and, and very cle- not cleverly, just common sense, Shane, and that's what I do a lot of it's just common sense. I would be conscious of the fact that Tony's mum was bad on her feet and she didn't like walking. So I'd just get the vehicle to where they are. So, for example, I parked it within about 10 metres of a restaurant so that they didn't have to walk back to the car, which is probably around about half a mile away. Because she, you know, 86 is a good age and it made sense just to be polite and friendly and just cut down on her walking time. Sure, absolutely. It's about being aware of of your guests, isn't it? And again, I, I ask you these questions because we have a lot of people listening to the show that want to start their own tour business, right? And they're a bit nervous or scared or they're unsure. So this is one of my favorite parts of our conversation. So you've got the van, um, you've got your insurance and everything. Now, like you say, you've got to you've got to get customers. So what were your first steps to get some business in, Chris? Yeah, networking. So I live in Lucerne, which is a beautiful part of the world. It's a beautiful city. Um, I just basically, you know, knocked on doors to start with. And I was knocking on the doors of the Schweizerhof and the Montana and all these big four and five star hotels and presenting myself. I wasn't as confident as I am now because, again, I'd only just started off. So that was tricky. But I had a couple of brochures, et cetera, in my, in my bag and presented those. Again, people didn't know me, of course. I was new. So, again, it was very much a journey unto the unknown to some extent. On the back of that, the website was published. I had an, an Indian developer developing the website. I think the website's reasonably so good. So let me, let me just ask you, but sorry, we'll get onto the website in a second, but I'm, I'm curious about the hotel aspects. I know that's something a lot of tourpreneurs struggle with. What kind of reaction did you get when you first went uh, knocking doors? Mix. Some people are very receptive. Some people, you've got to time it right, of course. You know, the concierge is obviously the key player in these conversations mostly. And again, if you caught him on a bad day, then you could be out of that door within, say, you know, a minute. If you had the time, of course, you could be there for, you know, within five, ten minutes, of course. You yourself, Shane, you probably don't get on with everybody, and neither do I, and that's the same with all these, you know, concierges, of course. Sometimes there's a natural click and a natural kind of flow to conversations, and then other times they may have got a resident supplier or another supplier, of course, and you're just another person who's banging on the door, et cetera, and therefore they want to get rid of you because they're busy, of course. So some people are more polite than others and some people are more receptive than others. And, you know, it was a mixed bag, but I have got business from most of the hotels in Lucerne at some point over the past two years. And the good news is, of course, the customers have come back at, say, 6, 7 o'clock and said, concierge, thanks for giving us this tip. That was a great day. And I think what you're talking about there is just being resilient and not being put off, especially if you go to the first hotel and they, they, they kick you out. I mean, I've been in sales for 20 odd years. Right? I've had my fair share of that. And you just have to kind of laugh at it and not, not to be put off. Oh, it does, it does knock you back a bit, but you've just got to pick yourself up and, and go for it. If you're lucky, of course, the next person is a nice, charming lady or a, or a guy who is receptive, who, who wants to speak to you, gives you some time. If you did two or three on a run, it could be a hard day for sure. Absolutely. And I think that the key mentality when you, you go in on the knocker, as they used to say, is you've got to know where the hotel is today and where they want to be in the future, right? What is in it for them? That old favorite radio station of ours, We FM. Uh, what's in it for me? You've got to know, you've got to have your, you know, don't go in. And what I used to say to my sales team, Chris, was a lot of them would, uh, a lot of inexperienced people show up and throw up instead of actually turning up and asking some questions about, hey, you know, how often are your 
your guests looking for things to do and, and you know, just try to have a conversation and go, hey, I'm offering these tours and A, B, C and D, F and G, H, I, and it's just not going to work that way. Yeah, of course. Again, I would try my best to be confident. Don't get me wrong, the chocolate would come out again. The chocolate bar would come out again. I mean, clearly, you know, that the concierge plays a vital role in this kind of uh, sales channel, of course. And I've got to look after concierges when deals have come in through either money or bottles of wine, et cetera, et cetera. And just, you know, Christmas cards, et cetera. And just popping in at time from time to time, having a chat and just listening to their concerns and their worries, of course, and just building those relationships. It sounds incredibly cheesy, Shane, but it's incredibly true and incredibly important. Yeah, I agree. That's that's relationship building. And and also, I guess, you know, even popping in to see them when you're not selling anything or just to say, hello, how's it going? How's tricks? How's business? Blah, blah, blah. How's the missus? You know, that it's so important that the people feel you care about them as well. So, uh, okay, so you did that. That was very brave of you to go to the hotels and then you built your website. So how did that come about? I didn't have a massive budget. You know, I was I was struggling to some extent um, with, with finance. Again, I had to buy the van, of course. So I got contacted a company in the UK. Again, in, in total, it's probably cost me about, you know, 2,000 francs. So it's about $2,000 and uh, I'm pleased with it. I'd like to think it's user-friendly, it's colourful, it's got some great photographs on there. It's like a balance between text and pictures. But clearly, I'm investing now a lot of money. Again, there's no secrets here, Shane, about £400, which is probably around about 500 Swiss francs a month on SEO. So again, you know all this about Shane. I'm trying to get more direct business, so I'm I'm, not, I'm less reliant on the likes of Viator and the tours by locals, et cetera, et cetera, which are taking quite hefty commissions, of course, which is fine. Don't get me wrong, that's totally fine. But obviously, I'm trying to build up my brand and I'm trying to get, you know, typically SwissTours.com on Google page one, et cetera, et cetera. What this lady does in the UK, a company called Jellybean in Birmingham, what they do, I'm not so sure, but if I just mention keywords and backlinks, that's as far as it would go. And it's obviously a long-term fix, of course. So I'm hoping that she's uh, got my best interests at heart. She's had a few fair, a few uh, bars of chocolate, believe me, as well. And I'm just hoping that she, over time, can um, attract customers. And when people put in a Swiss tour on Google, of course, my company comes up. Nothing more simpler than that, Shane. I am not a rocket scientist, and I hope that's how it would work in the future. What I really like hearing you say here is that the SEO campaign is long-term because I read of too many entrepreneurs that sign up an SEO agency expect to be, you know, page one come the end of the month or worse still, an agency saying, yes, I can get you to number one because nobody can promise us that. That's impossible. They might be able to deliver it, but if someone's promising number one, I would run, quite frankly. So I'm glad you have that long-term view and also that you're hiring experts because... There are a lot of entrepreneurs that do this thing themselves. They learn, and I think that's great. But you have to, you know, weigh up. Okay, if I'm going to spend five hours on SEO every week, is that five hours better off spent on whatever it may be, something else to do with your business, as opposed to work? Because SEO work can be a little monotonous and <laughs> not the most exciting thing to do. So I like that. Just on that one, Shane. Again, I'm I'm not jack of all trades. I think I'm good with the people. I'm good with the. Uh organization i'm good with personalizing tours and obviously when it comes to the de- de- delivery i'm very hands-on etc cetera, etc cetera. if i was a i don't know a seo social media whiskey i would love it you know it would save me some money i'm sure it'd be quite interesting but it'd be very time consuming and especially in the summertime i don't think i've got much time 
So I was giving this uh, recommendation to this lady in, in Birmingham in the UK. And again, I think she's doing okay. It's not like uh, business has quadrupled over and overnight, far from it. And I, I don't get many inquiries right now. But I think the good news is there's a bit of budget. There's some, you know, the tours have been relatively successful. And I'm what's called reinvesting into the business. And that for me is my marketing spend. I'm doing a bit on social media and a bit on Facebook, a bit of Instagram and a bit of Twitter. And I can do that. But the serious stuff where I've got no real clue, she can do it. Yeah, and I honestly feel with social media, it is about awareness, right? I wouldn't necessarily say you're going to get bookings through it. But it's just, especially the part of the world you're in, you're seeing wonderful photographs of of the Swiss countryside. And it's like planting that seed that, oh, if we go there, this company, look, they're the people I want to work with. Look at this countryside. So I, I think social media is exceptionally good for, for that awareness side of things. In terms of your online booking, who are you working with in order to take a booking online? I'm doing it myself, Shane. Again, this is where I could do with some expertise or some assistance, but it's not like, you know, I get, you know, 10 bookings a day, far from it. You know, I don't think I'm at that stage right now. Remember, I'm still fairly new. Um, I've only got one van as well, even though we're thinking about buying a second van, but that brings itself the problem of where to park the van and obviously a driver. So I just go off my own website. Uh, again, if you looked at channels in terms of uh, market, one would be obviously the hotels. Secondly, would be tours by locals and via tour. Another one would be called the STC, which is the Swiss Travel Centre. It's a major wholesaler, a travel agent based in Zurich. It gives me some business. I've got a contract with them. And then thirdly, would be direct business, which would just come as inquiries generated from the website. So there's no booking or booking or et cetera, et cetera, right now. Again, I do lack or would, wouldn't mind somebody just looking over my shoulder and, and crit, not criticizing, but just basically constructively looking at what I'm doing and maybe suggesting things. That's one thing I do lack, but I think for the time being, it's fine and um, I'm quite happy. I almost want to give you a bar of chocolate now because you've led me on nicely to my next point. So something that I am planning. So one of our listeners, she advises tourpreneurs on their websites and digital. And I got chatting to her the other day and you know, I love these interviews and these conversations, but I also want to bring a lot more learning onto the show as well, coaching, live coaching. So we're going to launch a feature where we're going to talk about uh, a website. We're going to find a website we really like and talk about why we like it. We're going to find a website that's maybe not so good and offer some constructive feedback. And then we want to offer a hot seat. So in this case, for instance, you, you could be first where she will take a look at your site and then on the show, she will give you feedback based on her experience building websites for tour operators. How does that sound to you? That sounds absolutely perfect, Shane. Where can I sign? Excellent. Well, we're going to start that. Actually, I, I'm, I'm going to be doing that interview shortly. So I'm going to, I haven't announced it yet. This is the first time oh, I'm that's talking great. about it. I mean, I'm all, I'm all for that big time. Brilliant. For sure. All right, we'll, we'll do that. Never miss an episode of the show. Subscribe at tourpreneur.com forward slash subscribe. So right now, you are taking the bookings yourself. So you're not working with a res tech company. Is that something you would like to be doing in the future? So that's all automated and in your back end and you don't have to take it yourself? No, I, I don't mind it right now. I think if the business grows and clearly I've got that decision to make, which is, you know, do I get another vehicle? Not cheap, of course. Do I get another driver, of course? So I don't mind handling, you know, a small amount of bookings on a consistent basis. It's not like I have five a five a day or anything like that. Far from it. So the good news is, in the summertime, it looks like I'm going to be very, very busy going forward until, say, the autumn time. That's when it will get tricky 
in terms of I'll be on a tour and I can I don't like doing business when I should be concentrating on my client, of course. Yeah. So that's when I suspect that could be, let's say, an issue or a question or a problem, maybe. For now, though, obviously, a lot of bookings are coming in for the summertime, and I have got the time. I'm not, you know, I'm doing, I've only got, you know, a handful of tours in, in February, of course, so I can spend the time to answer inquiries, no problem. Well, first of all, when this episode goes out, you might find yourself get a few sales calls from some rest tech companies out there that will email you and talk about why their systems are good and how they can help you. And I think it's something to think about in terms of, let's say, you know, I'm in the United States, I want to come to Switzerland. I want to go in, I want to see your calendar, I want to know when you're when you're available and I want personally I like to do all that online ASAP without back and forth on email and there's a lot of people who will want to do that. Now for the multi-day tours that that will probably be different, but for a day tour. So, you know, you're taking those bookings as you're doing something else. Uh also I wondered uh, just top of my mind, have you considered working with Tour Radar? No, again, I've heard the company mentioned and I've got to be careful Shane, in terms of suppliers, in terms of a number of suppliers. So, for example, I'm getting deals from, um, as I say, the STC, this travel agent, from Via Tour, from Tours by Locals, from STC. And it's a question of how many channels I want open so I can manage them all. But if Tour Radar is a you know progressive professional company which will supply me business, then I'd be foolish not to look at it, of course. They're an OTA, so they're like Viator, but they specialize in multi-day tours. Yeah. We had an episode with them, so you can go and listen to it, because I did a big feature on what they do, and I interviewed various heads of department, etc. It's actually, wow, episode 15. So if you go to tourpreneur.com forward slash 15, I'll email you the link. You know, take a listen to that episode. Are they for you? I don't know, but it's always good to be informed of what's out there. And like I say, they specialize on the multi-day. So people who are going to Tour Radar are used to booking multi-days online effectively. So that okay. Well, like, and I'm I've got I'm very open multi-day or single day or a couple of days. I'm I'm very open to that. No problem. I like the multi-day actually because you can obviously get to know people very very well. What about uh, Get Your Guide? And I I only bring them up not because I used to work there, but because obviously they they were founded in Zurich, being a Swiss company. Well, to be honest, Shane, I've got a bad story about Get Your Guide. I was very let down by their customer service when I was registering. It didn't work. I kind of like mutually, we didn't manage to get it over the line. But I must confess, I was disappointed by, by their lack of service, their lack of focus, and their lack of care. So I don't know if I'm the right kind of company for them anyway, because I think they're kind of low budget and specializing maybe. No, I mean, I, I think, okay, I haven't worked there for over two years. So this is ancient knowledge now. But I think that what they are trying to do is to pick the, the most kind of lucrative tours or the most in-demand tours. So for instance, you know, in, in New York, of course, they want the Statue of Liberty tours or the Empire State Building. They're not so bothered with, you know, Joe's Pizza Tour. That will change in time, same as it was with hotels. So I'm not defending Get Your Guide here at all. Maybe at that time they were like, yeah, we're not focusing on this kind of tour in, in Switzerland. Maybe that's why they didn't get you over the line. But uh, if anyone from Get Your Guide is listening, and I know lots of you are, do something about this if you want to work with Chris and drop him a nice email. Don't send him chocolate. <laughs> and you never know. Send me some cash. No, I'm very happy to speak to them again. It's a question of just juggling them, of course. And I think I'm reasonably full. 
I'm not saying that I'm, you know, I'm booked out every single day in the summertime. Far from it right now. But again, let, let's just see what happens. I'm, you know, tour radar, get your guide. Again, I'm sure this, this conversation of this, you know, this progression is very transient, of course. And hopefully I can maybe establish relationships in the future as well. Let me just say, if, if you're focused on direct bookings, then that absolutely is, is a winning formula. But it's tough, as you know, to get all of your business direct. So, you know, I think when you're in that position, let's say you're 80% booked, you've got 20% capacity, that's a good time then to work with those other channels. Absolutely, yeah. How do you stay up to date with what's happening in the tour industry? Because obviously you've come into this from the football side of things, from sports, sponsorship, media, etc. And now you're in tours. How do you keep up to date with, with everything that's going on? Again, nothing special, Shane. But, you know, local media, local websites. I speak to people in hotels. I speak to people in, in, uh, in attractions, up in mountains, of course. I meet people. I ask questions. I ask them what's going on, if there's anything happening, of course. A lot of the places where I go to are set in terms of, you know, mountains and gorges and natural elements. They don't change, of course. Um, so those tours are set in stone quite literally in, in mountains of course if there's a new hotel or a, a new attraction clearly I'm, I'm all over it and i go and see it and i go and visit it of course and i introduce myself i'd endure it the other day and i went into a couple of new hotels and you know i was through the door and met people and the good news is a phone is a great selling tool in, in terms of you can show people TripAdvisor websites of course and you can just come across as nice and friendly and charming of course and therefore, you just naturally build those relationships. I think touched on one of those questions before, Shane, about you know the, what makes a tour guide maybe, or that might come later. But I think you need, you need to be fairly gregarious, friendly, outgoing, confident, without being cocky, so that you can gauge people as well, engage suppliers, and obviously your customers. So you need to be very kind of multi-talented in terms of the way you actually address and speak to people and read people as well. So I, I think I do that pretty well. But get, coming back to your question, yeah, I'd like to think I'm quite well in with the local um, what's going on around Switzerland. But And you're going um, to arrival, right? I'm going to arrival, yeah. It's my first time. Again, one contact, I've got to give him credit. This guy is called Simon Bossart. He's the... I think he's a vice president of Swiss tourism and um, somebody gave me his number and I met him two or three times. Now I take him a bottle of Rioja every time because he'd mentioned him in the first meeting, but he liked Rioja. Uh, I'm not saying I bribe people far from it, but I just think I love whiskey, to... Chris. I love whiskey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I get you. I get you. You'll get, well, you get, you'll get one of those miniatures, maybe. Those miniatures, maybe, yeah. So he told me about arrival, and again, I've spoken to a couple of ladies there. I'm looking forward to going. It will be a little bit networky, and again, I'm not that type of person to, you know, get out there and shake people's hands and say, hey, look, I'm Chris Wilson, I'm tipping Swiss tours. But for that period of time, I probably will be, Shane. I probably will be, and I'll probably lay it on thick. Business cards are produced. I will get my money's worth. It's cost me about a thousand francs to go there, of course. So I will make sure I get some return on that investment. And if that means being a bit like salesy, I will be salesy. Let me give you some advice because I've been to three or four of these now. The return on investment for arrival really is the knowledge you get from the sessions, from the workshops. So we were just talking about booking systems, right? You go to one of those and you go, oh, they can do that. I didn't know they. that's going to be really helpful in the summertime. Or I haven't looked at the full schedule, of course, but I know there is a ask me anything 
by the CEO of Get Your Guide. You could stick your hand up and say, mate, I'm in Switzerland. I run these tours. Your customer services was awful. What's going on? You can ask him directly. I mean, you have to get picked out. But, you know, for me, when you go to Rival, it's not a, don't forget, this is not a B2C conference, right? This isn't people who are going to be there, going to be booking tours. Everyone who goes to Rival, they're there to learn how to improve their business, which of course means down the road, more bookings, more reservations, et cetera. But I think if you go with the mindset for anyone who's going, I'm there to learn. And yeah, I'm, I'm there to network because the cool thing is you meet people there who become friends. And you can always call them up and go, oh, I've had this issue on my tour today. You know, how did you cope with this? Um, It's nice to have that level of support because it can be quite lonely, our industry. Yes, you know, you've got the hotels and attractions, but it can be quite an isolating industry, I feel. So I would definitely go with the mindset of I'm going to learn a lot here and, and go to as many sessions as you can, as many workshops as you can that apply to your business it is phenomenal. And I'm not being paid to say this, by the way, by arrival or anything. I advise everyone to go because you will just learn a lot and pick things up that will grow your business. Sure. And I'm looking forward to going again. I hear you loud and clear, Shane, that those sessions will be very informative. I'm sure my business is, is okay, but I'm sure it can be improved. I don't know, 20, 40% possibly. So yeah, I'm looking forward to going networking, of course, and uh, meeting like-minded individuals, because I'm sure people are all pretty similar in terms of mindset and uh, attitudes, maybe. Did you know every weekday Shane curates the most interesting news articles in tours and activities and sends them out in a snappy daily digest? Grab your copy of the Tourpreneur Daily Briefing at www.tourpreneur.com. What words of advice have you been given in your life that apply to what you're doing now in order for you to be successful? Was there any mentors you've had in the past and there's, you know, some, some advice they've given you that you rely upon? Yeah, I mean, obviously parents played a big role. Again, always treat people nicely. I think that's a very important one in terms of uh, this business. I, uh, you know, I have four or two or six people with me for days or a day, etc., and just make sure that they're looked after. They're paying a lot of money, of course. Be organized, be well turned out, give a good account of yourself, communicate well, don't leave a stone unturned in terms of an, an op- or operation or a communication. So those general things, I wouldn't say with anything which is specific, apart from, you know, being a bit of a personality, of course, and the classic is Shane, I can obviously tell a couple of jokes, of course, which I, I'll find to be, you know, not the most funniest jokes in the world, but most of my clients will tend to be American and they'll be laughing and rolling on the floor, of course, you know, so things like that, just uh, just establishing relationships and making people relaxed and enjoy themselves. They're on holiday and they've paid you know, a lot of money. So I just want to contribute to that environment. And, you know, if I can, you know, push it a little bit and, you know, obviously know where to push it and where to take the mickey a little bit, you know, then I, I will do. But no way in the world do I go anywhere near, let's say, being controversial or upset setting the customers off, saying something stupid, of course, yeah. Smart. Excellent. And people can find your tours at typicallyswisstours.com? Correct, yes. So go check out those beautiful photos. I'm looking at them right now. I have been to Switzerland many years ago. I, it's a country I enjoy, and I, I need to come back and see you again. Can I have to? come back. Yeah, get your whiskey. That's right. And my chocolate, and my cheese. That's the three, it's the triumvirate. It's the three things I love, which is why uh, I need to go on a diet and run more. <laughs> Yeah, maybe run here. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, Chris, thanks, the a, water. thanks a million for coming on the show. Uh, so we will add your name to the hot seat for the uh, the website appraisal. And I'm looking forward to seeing you 
in in Berlin in a, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting you, Shane. You made this interview very easy for me again. I appreciate your uh, you know your knowledge and experience and just your general, let's say, laid back attitude. You know, again, I was a little bit nervous. I didn't know what it was going to be like today, but you've made it so easy for me. So, Shane, fair play to you. Great job. I really appreciate that feedback because. With Tourpreneur, most of my guests are not media trained, right? It's like when you were at UEFA, you know the people you were speaking to were media trained. They know how to deal with journalists. Most of us tour operators don't really know how to deal with the media and journalists. So I always want to make these episodes, these interviews, a conversation, not an interrogation. I don't do the gotcha thing, you know. So if you are listening to the show and you're listening to Chris and think, well, I'm nervous, I'm a bit shy about going on, but I've got a really good story, you listen to Chris there. And he'll tell you, he just told you, it's not painful to come on the show, right, Chris? Not at all. You can relax, be yourself, just speak normally. There's no no pressure or stress. Just be normal, no problem. Thanks for listening to the Torpreneur podcast. Be sure to visit torpreneur.com to join the conversation and access the show notes, including links to the resources mentioned on today's episode. This is Torpreneur.